Good morning, church. You guys ready to worship? I said, are you ready? Well, let's stand and do it.
Thank you, Lord. Hey, I just want to pray for us as we start this service. So uh, join me. Father God, we thank you for the reminder uh, that comes from those lyrics that uh, I will dwell in your presence as a follower of Christ in my life. God, I want to dwell in your presence and I want to walk in your goodness. Those times whenever it, it seems like things are going well, I'm going to walk in your goodness. And, and when I'm challenged and maybe facing hard times, God, I'm going to walk in your goodness because you're good and you're faithful and you care about my life. So, God, would you be pleased with our worship? Would you be pleased with the uh, teaching from your word this morning? In Jesus' name, I say thanks. Amen. You go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. Well, my name is Tim English. And I serve as your spiritual formation pastor here, and we're glad to have you here. Uh, we're a church that our hope and our encouragement for you is that you might know God, that you might find freedom, that you might discover your purpose and begin to live that out and play a role uh, in God's story here in the Yamhill County. So thank you for being here today. Hey, if you're new, we'd invite you to find the Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Uh, maybe fill that out. Give us a little bit of information so we can get to know you and uh, send you a note of thanks. Also, if you uh, have a prayer request, we'd love to uh, have you use the backside of that same card and let us know how we can pray for you. Or if there's something you want to share about how God's goodness in your life, we'd love to celebrate that with you as well. And maybe you can drop those off at the offering boxes as you go out or at the Welcome Center would be great. Okay. Today, uh, immediately following this service, will be Life Track Step 2. We'll talk about finding freedom, and I'll explain to you the four spiritual habits about, uh, that we need in order to continue to walk with God and to begin to find freedom uh, in our lives more and more. So uh, immediately after this service downstairs in room uh, 112, uh, lunch and child care is available for you, so I invite you to do that. Also, uh, we just began this week, 21 days of prayer, man, one week into it, a, a lot of praying has happened. Uh, uh, not only in this room, but uh, along these pews. We've been praying for spiritual revival in our own lives, for uh, the community, as well as what God wants to do uh, in so many ways in our church and uh, in, among leaders as well. So we invite you. Hey, there's 14 more days. We'd love to see you tomorrow night. We meet Monday through Saturday at 6.30 p.m. We go for about an hour to 7.30, and then you're out of here. You filled up, and you're ready to go conquer the world. So we'd love to have you come out, 6.30 to 7.30 this week. Uh, also mentioned, uh, uh, today I get the, the privilege of talking about grace is greater. In case you didn't know that, grace is greater than the circumstances, the issues in your life. So in just two weeks, we're going to start a, a, a series called Grace is Greater. We're going to tackle it here on the, on the, on the platform. We're going to encourage you with a, a free devotional, which has some great devotional thoughts, a place to take some notes for Sunday morning and in your group. But we want to encourage everyone also to pick up a copy of the book for $8, A Grace is Greater, because you and I think we know grace because it's it's God's grace that gives us this opportunity, his love, his grace, that gives us this opportunity to live in a relationship with him as a follower of Christ. But there's so much more to God's grace in our lives. And so in this, in this series of uh, six Sundays and five groups, we're going to expand upon our understanding of grace. Maybe we're going to experience grace in some fresh ways during this series as well. So we encourage you to come along with us on this journey. Perhaps you'll find your way into a group 
As a matter of fact, in your worship guide this morning is going to be an insert that has 30 open small groups for you. Uh, 20 groups are already closed off. Some existing groups are already closed off. But 30 opportunities for you to uh, explore this grace idea a little more in a small group setting. So take a look there. You can go out in the lobby. You can sign up for a group. You can get some uh, resources there. Uh, but we'd love you to, to join us. I was, uh, had a correspondence with one of our group leaders this week, a ladies group on Thursday night. And they were talking about wanting to do a group that uh, is for new followers of Christ and for people to maybe bring a friend who's a new follower of Christ or bring a friend to this group who, who is just a seeker. They're just seeking to know some things about God. And what a great series, what a great opportunity to explore more what grace is in their lives. And as I thought about that, I said, hey, that's, a, I mean, that's just really great for all groups. Because whether or not uh, you know a lot about grace or you want to experience more of it, invite a friend to a group that you're going to join and ask them to come along for the journey with you. All right. That being said, looking forward to seeing you in a group. But uh, let's go ahead and stand. Have you greet one another and uh, we will continue with some worship.
Yes, I will. Sing it out. No matter what came this morning, I worship. No matter what came this week, we will.
praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your You're worthy of our thoughts and our actions. You're worthy of our words. You're worthy of everything that we have to give. You are worthy. God, you are so good. And your praise will ever be on our lips. Forever be on our lips. doesn't matter the circumstance, the situation, when things catch us off guard or unexpected or confusion or hurt. Your praise will ever be on our lips because you are good. And you are faithful. You are holy. You are righteous. You are kind. You are loving. You are a friend. You are worthy, God. Your praise will ever be on our lips. Amen. Atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. See the evidences of that the Spirit of the Lord is here. The 
for a God miracle? Are you ready for God to move in powerful ways? Are you ready? I can't hear you. God can't hear you. Come on, God, move, right? Oh, God, we come to you as a people. We just want more of you. We want more of your presence in our life. We want you to refresh our spirit and renew it. Oh, God, pour your spirit out and empower us and embolden us. Oh, God, please move, speak, empower, encourage. In your mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. You may be seated. Mm. Last week, we were challenged by the psalmist in Psalm 1 to live a meditative life. That is, to meditate on God's word day and night, on a, on a daily basis, which will then enable us to live a righteous life. That is, live a life in conformity to God's will which then enables us to live a God-happy or a God-blessed life. Today, I want to I, I wanna challenge you to live a life uh, with what I call a God-craziness. Now, Webster's defines crazy in a number of ways. And crazy, and can you just say that word with me, but you can't say it in a normal way. You got to say it in a crazy kind of way. So on three, I'm going to say one, two, three, you say crazy, but I want you to say it in a crazy way. Are you guys with me? One, two, three. Oh, wow, one, two, three. Crazy. Yeah, so crazy can mean, according to Webster's, it, it can mean unsound of mind, mentally unbalanced or deranged. Crazy can, can, also, can also mean foolish, wild, fantastic, not sensible. But I want to focus on the good definition of crazy, being very enthusiastic or eager. Do you live life with a God enthusiasm that just permeates your entire being. When people talk about you, and they do, when they, do, do they talk about you being different in a good way? I mean, do you stand out at school? Do you stand out at work or in your neighborhood or maybe even in your family because of the godly way you live. You see, God-crazy people are people who are out there trying to reach the lost. People are trying to, the God-crazy people are people who are, who, who, are, who are helping people take the next step on their spiritual journey, who are living with that Jesus kind of love. God-crazy people are people who are willing to move forward in their spiritual walk, trusting that God will provide everything they need to be who God has created them to be. God, crazy people are willing to take a risk. They're willing to get off the shore and get into the deep if that means that one other person may come to know this God who's changed everything for us. 
God crazy people are people who are actually using their God-given gifts to further God's kingdom here on earth. God crazy people are people who are allowing God to use them to, to breathe life into people and to help other people stop living in hell. In short, God crazy people are people who are being and doing Jesus in every way, in every day. And when we live that way, it is risky. It's challenging. And it can be frustrating. And it can be agonizing. And it can be, sometimes it can be discouraging. It can seem fruitless. And it can be very lonely. And so we need to insert this word reliantly in front of God crazy. Because we can be God crazy, but if we're not reliantly God crazy, when, when we face something tough in life, our spirit can wither. We may make a bad choice too, and we may end up stop playing our role in God's story for a while, just like, just like King David, just like Peter, Jonah. Just like a burned-out pastor, whether worship pastor, youth pastor, children's, just like a ministry volunteer. And being reliantly God-crazy means that when we're out there playing our role in God's story, we minister and live with humility and dependence on God, seeking God, seeking God's guidance every step of the way, resting in God's strength and power, and trusting that God will take care of the next, that God will take care of the rest, which then enables us, enables us to withstand those storms of life or those curveballs or the roadblocks that may come our way. And those storms come our way, don't they? I mean, storms, maybe it's of confusion or discouragement or disillusionment or relational issue because they come. And if we're living that self-reliant life, man, our God enthusiasm our God craziness will wither, and as we looked at last week in Psalm 1, may actually just die out and perish. Mm. Psalm 107 makes this very clear, and the, and the point being made there is, is that as we go out and play our role in God's story, we're going to have curveballs, roadblocks, and storms. The message of, of Psalm 107 is simple, but radical. There is no such thing as self-sufficiency. We can't fix everything. We can't do it on our own because all human life is dependent on God. The psalmist makes it very clear in Psalm 107 that it is God who provides our basic needs when we're struggling. It is God who liberates us when evil strikes it could be relationally or physically or emotionally. It, 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 is, it is God who heals and forgives our broken and sinful hearts. And then in the beginning in verse 23, it is God who stills the storms of life. And in each scenario, the sufferer cries out, and then God responds with deliverance, because that's what this God does. God hears the cry, and then God responds 
with deliverance. And what I want to talk about today is when we are out there, when we, when we go into the deep, when we're taking a risk for God, when, when we're playing our role in God's story, I want to talk about when we do that, what happens and, and how God responds and how God is with us. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 107, beginning of verse 23. We're told this, some, not all, some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. And these merchants are people who are out there mixing it up on behalf of God, who are taking a risk for God. Okay, that's who these people represent. That, that's, that's who this is. Verse 24, they saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. So when I read this passage in Psalm 107, one of the things... One of the things that strikes me is that those who are out there in the deep, those who are taking a risk for God, whatever that may mean for you, they get to see and experience God's mighty works. They get to see and experience God's wonderful deeds. They get to see God working in ways that the people who stay on the shore do not. Are you guys tracking with me? Continuing in verse 25, we're told this. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, that's these merchants, that's these people who are out there taking a risk for God, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at wit's end. Have you ever been at wit's end when you think that you're doing what God is asking you to do and a storm or a roadblock or a curveball comes. Maybe you've launched out into this, into this Christian thing for the first time and it's a little crazier than you thought. Maybe, maybe you said, hey, I, Jesus, I want to follow you, Jesus, because I want life change. I'm living in hell and I don't want to live there anymore. So I'm embracing you, and, and they tell me at a church in a hill that, I, I, you know, that you have a purpose for me, and I'm, and I'm playing a role, and so I'm playing a role, and I'm serving, and for the first time, I'm getting on a ministry team, and, and I'm working with people who are, well, they're difficult. I thought they were Christian. And now I have confusion. Is this really what the Christian life is all about? Whoa, there's some ugliness here. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe you've launched out. Maybe you're playing your role in God's story and, and the evil strikes financially. Man, my job was eliminated. God, I, I was following you. What's, what's the deal? Maybe physically. I'm following you, man. I, I didn't see this disease coming on me. I didn't see this, my body broken. I, I, I'm confused. What's going on, God. Maybe God's attacking you relationally in your marriage. God, I'm moving forward. I'm doing what you ask me. Why this curveball? Is this going to defeat where I'm going? God, speak, please. I'm asking, and you're wondering, where are you, God? I need you. And so you do the only thing that you can do. You cry out to God, please, God, move, speak. Just like these merchants did. Continue in verse 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. 
that crazy going on right now? That storm in your life that is raging within your soul and the evil one is using to try to defeat your spirit? When you cry out to God, this is the God who hears that cry, and this is the God that responds with deliverance. Now, that deliverance may look a little different than what we were expecting. It may take a little longer than what we had hoped, but this is a God that responds with deliverance. And depending on the particular situation, we actually may even get to see and experience a God miracle. Hear me on this. When we're out there being and doing Jesus in every way and every day, when we're out there playing our role in God's story, when we're out there mixing it up, taking a risk for God, not only do we get to see and experience God's work in our life and in the life of other people, there are times when we get to see these God miracles, these wonderful working power miracles of God. Oh, that are unexplainable. Those unexplainable things that happen only because God made them happen. For example, there's this, there's this famous story, you may, may have heard of it. There's this missionary way back in the 1930s who felt called to go to Africa, and so he went. And so, and so what, what happened is, is that he and his team, would, they, they, would be, they would get this word from God of where they would go, and they, and they would go and they would take the gospel of Jesus Christ to places that it's never been taken. And, and, and they would take it to places that the, the people that had never even heard the name of Jesus, never even seen white people. And then at, at one point as they're praying, they're asking God, hey, where do you want us to go next? And God says, I want you to go to this remote village in West Africa. And so they pack up their things and they begin this journey. And while they're on this journey, they come to a river. And this river is flooded and it's infected with, infested with crocodiles. And so we're in the 1930s. There's not a lot of options back then. They didn't know what to do. They were stuck. And so they had this novel idea. Why don't we pray? And so they circled up. They held hands. They bowed their heads and they began to pray this way. Oh, God, we know that you are leading us to this this particular village. We know that you want us to go there and take the, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. But we've encountered this, God, we've encountered this roadblock, and we don't know what to do. We can't solve it. We can't get there on our own. So God, please move. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. And when they opened their eyes, they were all on the other side of the river. Now, when I heard that story, that's that's a God-crazy miracle. Wouldn't you agree? Moving a whole group of people from one side of the river to the other side of the river. That's some God craziness. And as I heard that story, I'm like, why why don't we see that today? Why don't we see that God miracle kind of stuff like that today, right? And as I thought, I, I think we do. But maybe we're just desensitized to it. Do you know, do you know how we came to be here? Like this church, how it came to be here at this location? Pastor John Hicks will tell you, Jerry Allen, who attends the 9 o'clock, he'll tell you. Because some farmer gave us this land for a buck. I say that's a God miracle. God moved, right? That's that. Don't ever forget that. Tell that story all the time. And then, and then more recently, uh, since I've joined this community faith, and I got to see some really cool God miracles, one of which that comes to my mind uh, is, is the, Chemeca, the former Chemeketa land. 
Yeah, when I got here, you know, we were, we were wrestling with a number of different issues, and we weren't in the greatest place financially. I'll just put it that way. But we had to make a decision by September of 2017 if we we're going to buy this land. And I'm like, whoa, man, our finances aren't in good order. There's no way. So I asked Chemeket to give us more time until May of 2018. I don't even know why I picked that. Just did. Didn't even know why. I mean, how are we going to solve this problem in like a matter of months, right? And they did. They said, okay, we'll give you to May. And then it was during 21 days of prayer of 2018 in January, just like we're doing now. Just like we're doing now. I just, man, I, I cried out to God. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know. If you want this land, you got to move. Because we can't afford, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. If you want it, I don't even know what you want it for. You haven't even said that to us. It's even crazier. But if you want it, then move. And this is what happened. The first thing, Chemeketa, we had agreed a price of 1.4 some odd million dollars, which is pretty high. And they agreed to come down a little over 300,000 to one one. That's God miracle number one. God miracle number two is, is holy smokes, all of a sudden, we see this check from a foundation for $900,000. That's miracle number two. We have somebody else in our church that says, hey, I'm going I'm to throw out a match. And within a matter of two hours, it was matched. And we had $1.1 million by May of 2018. Only because God moved. Now, that's a God miracle. And I don't even know what God is going to do with that land. And then after this, oh, man, I almost share a couple of things about conversations after the 9 o'clock service where God's moving. Because someone came up to me and said, hey, you know, because we're, we're looking how this land is going to be used. It's like, whoa. Get ready. Because it's bigger than what we were even thinking. Get ready. That's all I have to say. Get ready. That's how God moves. And then, and we talked about when when we're trying to play our role and maybe we get a physical curveball. So in our, in our small group in December, we met, and one of the people in, in our small group, her name's Susan Lead, and, and, and she shares with us when we're going to prayer, she says, hey guys, I go into the doctor, they found a mass in my face, and they think it's cancer, and I go in tomorrow to find out what the deal is, and I'm scared, and and we did the only thing that we could do as a small group. We just, we just prayed for God to do what God does best. Man, please heal our sister in Christ. And so she goes in. She goes in. They take some more images or whatever, the, whatever they're doing. And then the doctor comes in and shows her the image from a month ago with that mass. And then shows her the image of today and there is no mass. Now, the, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the doctor's like, I don't know how to explain it. But guess what? Good for you. Yeah, good for her. That's pretty cool, right? Oh, God works in powerful and miraculous ways. So back to this missionary story. Hear me on this. It's very important for us to understand that the reason this missionary and his group saw this, saw and experienced this miracle is because they were out there. They were out there where they could not do what God was asking them to do but for a God miracle taking place. They couldn't, they couldn't do it on their own. They needed God to move. So hear me on this. When we're in a situation where we control everything, 
where we develop the strategy plan and we map it out and we know if we do X, then Y is going to happen. We don't need a God miracle. But if we want to experience the wonder-working power of God, the miraculous, the miraculous works of God, if, if we really want to experience that, it takes getting out there where we're not in control of everything. Where a storm or a curveball or a roadblock may actually come our way that we weren't expecting. And when that happens, when we're out there, what do we do? Well, we do what these merchants in Psalm 107 did. We, 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 we do what this missionary and his group did. We cry out to God and ask God for God's help to do what God has asked us to do. Are you guys with me? And God will hear that cry and God will respond that cry, to that cry. Being Christian, my friends, I gotta tell you, it's a little crazy. Die to self? In this country? Are you kidding me? That's the mantra? That's craziness. Yeah, being Christian is crazy. Playing our role in God's story will require miraculous moves of God at times if we're actually following where God is leading. And as we experience those miraculous works of God, those wonder-working power movements of God, it is so important for us to bank them in our memory so that when we come up to the next roadblock, and we will, when we come up to the next storm of life, because it will happen, when we come up to that next curveball, because it's going to happen, we can remember, we can remember what God did for us and rest in God's power and strength to move again. Which is easier said than done, right? Because we're tempted, we're tempted to forget God's power when, when we're in the midst of that next particular life storm just like Jesus' disciples did from time to time. We're told this in Matthew chapter 8, beginning of verse 23, that then he, Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. That's a good initial response, right? We're gonna drown in the next verse, we'll get there in a second, Jesus reveals their heart attitude here. Jesus, save us, but we're going to drown. These are the same disciples as we saw earlier. If you look and you read uh, earlier in chapter, uh, chapter 8 of Matthew, these are the same disciples who saw Jesus heal a leper, who saw Jesus heal a Roman centurion servant who saw Jesus heal Peter's mother-in-law, who saw Jesus cast out demons, who saw Jesus heal the sick that were brought to, brought to them. And yet, although they, they cry out to God, that's good, they cry out to God, save us, because they know they can't control this one, it seems by their next statement that they think Jesus may let them drown. Why didn't they just pray like the missionary and his team did? God, you're leading us this way. We're scared. We can't fix this one. Please move. Please protect us. Please do what you do. Jesus responds to them. Verse 26, he replied, you of little faith. 
I think they may have actually thought that Jesus was going to let them go down. Jesus is probably thinking, are you serious? I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you seriously think I'm going to let you go down? You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men, it's interesting, let me say disciples. <laughs> the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. This is the God that we worship, the God that calms the storm, the God that stills the water. When we follow God and we go out into the deep, when we're playing our role in God's story and we face a roadblock, a curveball, a storm of life, this is the God who hears that cry and deliver us, delivers us through that storm. Do you believe that? Now, you may be sitting there thinking, though, I hear you, Pastor Dave, but I guess I have a fundamental first question. How do I know that God's leading me in a particular direction? How do I really know that God is, is leading me to get off the shore and go into the deep? Before we embark on a particular God adventure or God journey, it's okay to ask God for clarity. It's, it's okay to ask God to clarify things. And, and when we do, when we ask God for, for clarity, it's important that we use the mechanisms that God uses to speak to us. Like, for example, and you may want to take a picture of this next slide if you want, but like God's word, so we test it. Is it consistent with God's word? And we also, we also interact with, um, with, 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 with mature Christians. We ask mature Christians in, in our life for their thoughts and advice. We, ask to, we have to ask the hard question, who's driving this? What is our motive? Are we really driving this, or is this really a God movement? Oh, yeah, you got to sit with that one. Ask some hard questions. And then pray for God to give you clear direction, to open and close doors, and to give you what Kristen and I have come to know and trust, what we call that heart-gut feel of where God may be leading us. And so my prayer for you is this, is that you will be able to hear God's voice clearly, that you will be able to know God's direction and vision for your life with such clarity that you're just, you're emboldened to take that next step. And then when God clarifies more things, you take that next step. Trusting that God will provide everything you need to be who God has created you to be and that God will provide everything you need to do what God has asked you to do every step of the way. Maybe God is calling you, I don't know, Maybe God is calling you to stay right where you are and remain faithful in that marriage that is struggling. Mm. Come on, God, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with that one again. Come on, God, we seem like we're going in different directions. We may have started okay, but we're just, man, we're not on the same page, and I don't know what to do, God. I want our kids to know God, but, we're, but we're, we're disunified as a married couple. What do I do, God? Staying put and being faithful, that may take, that may take some courage. Maybe, maybe God is calling you to start a particular ministry. Maybe like mops or Zumba or, or yoga. I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe God is asking you for the first time in your life to get out of the pew and actually use your God-given gifts to, to, to move things forward in God's kingdom. And maybe it's in children's, maybe it's babies, maybe it's toddlers, maybe it's in teens. Maybe it's in a teen world where, where you were lonely as a teen and maybe God wants to use you so that you can breathe into a teen and let them know that they matter and they have value. But I'm a little scared. What's that going to mean? I'm kind of busy. Is that going to cramp my style? Do I have it? I don't know. I have to make a commitment. I actually have to be accountable. Yeah, moving in that direction takes courage too. Maybe, maybe God is actually asking you to make a change in life. Maybe to get out of a friend group that, that's really not helping you on the path of life. That takes courage. Maybe, maybe, Maybe God is asking you to actually change your career. Oh, yeah. I used to sit in a pew. And I would hear truth being spoken. And I knew internally that what I was doing is not what God wanted me to do in my heart would be like beating like this. Every time I heard a sermon kind of like this. Oh my goodness, God, I know what you want me to do, but I am so scared. Maybe one of you is in a career and you know you should you know that it's not filling, it's not what you're called to do. Maybe one of you is being called to actually be a pastor. Maybe one of you is actually being called into the mission field, but you're scared. You're afraid, what's this gonna mean for my kids? Who's gonna take, how am I gonna be provided for? I'll tell you what, my kids are sitting right here. They will testify that they're so glad that their dad followed God. Because it's changed everything. I still remember being in the middle of a church plant in Indiana and you're asking yourself so many hard questions. Oh my goodness, God, this is tough. This is hard. Man, is this really where you want me to be? Am I, am I made for this? I don't know. And I pick Luke up from a sleepover at, at some million-dollar home on a country club. And I'm bringing him home. And he goes, Dad, he goes, if you would have stayed being a lawyer, would we have lived in one of these homes? Would we have lived in a home this big? And I'm like, well, good chance. And then we drive by another one that's bigger. How about this one? This is bigger. I'm like, maybe. And then we had silence for about five minutes. And then he said these beautiful words. I'm so glad that you said yes to God. And stop being a lawyer because I like spending time with you more. Oh, my goodness, I needed that at that point in time in my life when I was just in a pit and wrestling with where I am. Are you following me this morning? This morning after the nine o'clock service, someone in the, the, the lobby area said, hey, Pastor Dave, I got invited to be a missionary on Friday. His name's Larry Vollmer. You know Larry? He has a pretty decent job, sales guy, I think, in the Philippines, and I'm wrestling Holy smokes, guess what I'm doing now? I'm going. Praise God. God moves in crazy ways. Mm. 
And God is stretching us right now, Kristen and I. And God's moving us, just so you know. God's moving us into a different role. It's called, I'll just say the name, because it's called a district superintendent role, which, which may not make sense. It's really a spirit, spiritual coach role. That's how I kind of like to look at it as. And it's really overseeing, leading, encouraging, developing about 75 other pastors and churches in Western Oregon, from Bend to the coast, from the border of Washington to the border of California. And that role will begin on February 15th, okay? But I am also get the honor and privilege of remaining here as lead pastor. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not done yet. As I diligently look for the next lead pastor. Who will be better than me and younger than me and probably less hair challenged than me? And that could be sooner or that could be later. I don't know what sooner or later means. God hasn't revealed that to me. So you may have, may have me here for, I don't know, six months, a year, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just resting in God's timing. Are you following me here? Now, can I give you a little insight in? Use myself as a little example as trying to discern God's will. So late November, early December, when I realized that, holy smokes, I'm actually being considered for this role, we started to pray. And I like to describe it this way. I had, I had fever in my spirit. I was having restless nights. There was a lot of things going on personally from a family perspective, and I didn't have clarity, and I'm wondering, what, what am I to do? What, where should I be, God? This doesn't make sense to me. Timing may not be right, so I, I don't know, and I'm wrestling, and I'm, and I'm feverish. And if you've been feverish, you know you can't sleep well, right? And so I call, actually called to withdraw my name from the process because I just didn't have vision. I didn't have clarity, and I need that. And a very wise man said to me, hey, Dave, just, we know there's a lot going on in your life right now. Just trust the process. I have a phrase that I like to use now. Trust the process and surrender the outcome. And so I said, okay, I'll trust the process. And we be, continued to pray. December 15th, on a Sunday morning, Pastor Mark is preaching a message on who is this Jesus. I don't really remember what he talked about because God started speaking to me. I took out a card in the, in the, in the pew and I started to write down four things that God gave me from a vision perspective of how I could play this role. And so we immediately had a peace. Chris and I had a peace over us. And we just said to God, hey, okay, God, you revealed to me how you could possibly use me in this type of role. You gave me vision. We don't know if it's here in this, in this area or somewhere else. It doesn't really matter to us, but you've given us peace. Thank you for giving me clarity and vision because that's, that's what I need. And then on December 28th, I get a call after working out at Planet Fitness. And uh, this gentleman, Dr. Duarte, he says, hey, we've been praying and we believe that God has spoken and we believe that, that you are to step in this role. So we're asking you to step in this role and we know that you need some more time probably to pray. And I said, yes, I do. 
And so we began to pray more now that we have. Okay, God, is this really, you really asking us to, to move into this role? And so we actually invited our leadership team of this church into that decision-making process. So we gathered them on a Monday night, and we told them, hey, we haven't made our final decision yet, but man, we want to wrestle with you. This is, this is the whole point of, make sh- so, whole point about just interacting with mature Christians, having them breathe into you, see if you have any blind spots here. And it was a beautiful interaction of people saying, yeah, we can see you playing this role, but man, we wish it was about three years from now. <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment for Kristen and I here to hear their wrestle. And it just gave us that internal peace that we already had. It just confirmed it. And so then we said, yes. And as I'm wrestling with this decision, Kristen's looking at me and said, hey, Dave, he just delivered a message on December 22nd that was live a life of saying yes to God no matter what. If this is where God's leading us and we don't say yes, woe to us. I couldn't remain your pastor if I didn't say yes because I know internally that I would be living a lie, challenging you to do what I'm not willing to do when I'm a little nervous and I'm a little scared and I'm going into an area I've never been in and I don't know, am I capable? Are you following me this morning? Pastor Ashley, as I interacted with him, he said, hey, maybe say it this way. Are you, do you, do you like what's happening here at Church in the Hill? Do you like how we're moving forward with this discipleship-making vision, with being an active praying church, with, with actually developing leaders, being involved in engaging our community? If you do, why wouldn't we want to help other churches live with that intentionality? So I'm asking you, if you guys will help me be who God has asked me to be by continuing to play your role here at Church in the Hill as God continues to move us forward. You guys really won't notice much of a difference. Why? Because we have an awesome team. And when everyone on that team is playing their role, what they're called to do, we make some sweet music together. I'll still be bringing the word predominantly like I do on Sundays until God brings our next who again will be better than me and I think younger than me. You guys with me this morning? As I process this, one of the things I want to say on a personal, and I will be here every night of 21 days of prayer this next week and I will stay and take questions because I knew I've just laid a lot on your lap and there's no question out of bounds. You can ask whatever you want because I can't say everything I want to say up here. I would be here for a while. But one thing I want to say is as I was processing this, I had this moment where maybe it's not just about me. Maybe it's also about my beautiful, awesome wife, Kristen, who has always done what was needed for our family in different ministry roles, this job here, that job here. She's my, hey, can you play this role at the church or that role at the church? Maybe, just maybe, this is about her. She is a magnum leader as our pastoral ministry team has seen. And maybe for the first time in our life, she and I can actually do ministry side by side 
where she can be breathing into people too with her, with her giftings and giving encouragement in God wisdom. Oh, I'm so thankful for, for you choosing me, Chris. I'm so thankful for you living a life of complete submission to God. I'm so glad for you just walking side by side with me and just on this God adventure. I couldn't be who God has called me to be without you just giving me that encouraging word and holding me to account. Thank you. I love you. Mm. Oh, my friends, will you live that reliantly God-crazy life? Well, when we say yes to God, when we, when we actually are willing to go into the deep, it is so important for us to, to follow God's guidance every step of the way because God will always lead us where God wants us to be, which then will be our desired destination. Listen, listen to what the psalmist says at verse 30 of, of, of Psalm 107. We're told this. They, that is the merchants, they were glad when it, the storm, grew calm. And he guided them to their desired haven. And our desired haven will be where God is leading us because that will become our heart desire. We will want to be where God wants us to be. And so I appreciate you as brothers and sisters in Christ. You guys have challenged me greatly in good ways. You guys have prepared me in ways that I couldn't even imagine when I started serving as your lead pastor. We're not going anywhere. We're not moving. This will be our church. I will continue serving as your lead pastor until God brings the next. Will you pray with me on that, that God will bring who we need right here, right now, whenever that now is, will you? And so may you, may you live that reliantly God-crazy life. And as you do, may you embrace and enjoy that God adventure. Will you pray with me? Bow your heads. I just want to give anybody an opportunity this morning who may want to start to follow this God who has an awesome plan for you, who will be with you every step of the way. Is there anybody here this morning who wants to stop living in hell and stop, start living this God adventure that God has for you? If there is anybody here, please raise your hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. I see your hand. I see your hands up there. Anybody, I see your hands up there. I see your hands. Yeah. I see your hand. Anybody here who just says, man, I want to go all in. I want to go where God is leading me. I'm tired of standing and watching from the shore. I want to go into the deep where it's risky. Anybody here want to do that? Raise your hand if you want some of that. Yeah. Oh, God, you see our hands. You know our hearts. Oh, God, we're asking for you to move in us. We confess anything that is not of you, anything that is holding us back from being who you called us to be. We're just laying it bare, exposing it. God, please take away our fear, our feelings of inadequacy, 
our feelings of we're, we're, not, we, we, we're not that special. We have nothing to offer. We, those are all lies of the evil one, God. Just take them away and then fill us with your spirit who gives us power and encouragement and grace. Oh, God, please move. Have your way with us. Help us to live that reliantly God-crazy life. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. Will you stand with me? I need, I need to sing a song this morning. You want, what song do you want to sing, Ashley? Do you make me brave. You make me brave. I need to feel brave this morning. I need to feel brave as I go out into the deep. I think we all need to. So sing this song. Make this your song today.
crazy life, trusting that God will provide everything we need to be who God has called us to be, to do what God has called us to do. Oh man, I love this God adventure because I never know how God may move and lead. But I know this, God knows best. God's moving the chess pieces. God's in control. Oh, and I'm excited to see what this next step of this journey is for Church on the Hill. I will continue leading here with such passion, just like you have experienced until God reveals that next. And guess what? That next person, do you trust that God's going to bring us somebody here who's not a schlep, right? This person's, yeah, no, you know what I'm talking about. I'm excited. I'm excited. Are you? I'm also a little, yeah, is that okay? Yeah, I love you guys. I love you. And when my final day as lead pastor here happens, you're gonna see some serious tears because I love living life with you. Mm. Oh God, may you just, Pour out your spirit upon us. Give us that encouragement and power that we need to be everything that you've called us to be. Oh, may we move forward 
with continued passion in playing our role in God's story. May we receive your movement well. May we trust that you know best. So we rest in your power and your strength and in your wisdom, God. Have your way with us as a community of faith. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and ask, amen. You're dismissed to go.